We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to Transformative Principle today. I am so excited to have Jack Arend on the program. He joined the Association of Washington School Principals team in July of 2019. He has served in education since 1989 as an elementary, middle, and high school music teacher. He began his building leadership career in the fall of 2006 as the principal of Peter G. Schmidt Elementary in the Tumwater School District. And after 11 years in the principalship, he served two years at the central office level, overseeing multiple content areas and mentoring first-year teachers. Jack and his wife are both graduates of Washington State University, and Jack received his master's degree from Western Washington University's administrative credentials from Seattle Pacific. Jack and his wife, Brenda, enjoy living in the Olympia area and love spending time with their three children, Amanda, Emily, and Thomas. And I might add to this that I've been able to meet Jack in person and done a couple things for AWSP and just love what he has to say and what he believes in. And so, Jack, thank you for coming on Transformative Principle. Jethro, it is so fun to be here and good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I was over in Olympia a few weeks ago doing this Move Up workshop. We've had a few people on the podcast this last month talking about that workshop. At the time this goes out, the online version of that workshop is now closed, but we're planning on doing another workshop in person in Vancouver, which we, I think, decided anybody could come to if they really wanted to, even if they're not in Washington specifically. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you got out of that Move Up workshop that we did? You bet. Yeah, that was a really fun couple of days that we got to host you here in Olympia. And that specifically was a workshop geared towards assistant principals and the move up, the level up and show up, all those little up, up, up words that you and I came up with. And 
It, it was a really great experience because one, it allowed about 40 of assistant principals from around the state to come together, be in person, and just to feel the energy of the room about not only being in person, but job-alike groups. You know, often assistant principals are the ones that choose to stay behind so the principal can go have their own learning. And man, to have a room full of just assistant principals was fantastic. And I think I walked away with that, with quite a number of things, Jethro. The event itself reminded me that there is power and a great bunch of synergy when you convene K-12 leaders in the room that have similar type jobs and they can connect and share. That's pretty powerful. And boy, did they jump right into that sharing and just kind of relating to their colleagues that they were just meeting for the first time. So I took that away as a reminder. Those events are really important. And if you're a principal listening right now and you have an assistant principal, gosh, make sure that you support them by sending them to workshops that are designed for them. Really important. And then it'll make a huge impact when they return to your building. But another thing that I just can't get my mind stopped thinking about was when you had shared with all the leaders in the room, do you see your vision and mission coming to life and in action when you are doing classroom observations. Jethro, where have I been? Like that was such fantastic learning for me. And I remember talking to uh, one of my colleagues as we were listening, you went, well, that I would have liked to have known 15 years ago. I wish I would have connected those dots because we all in, in Washington, as you know, we all have these instructional frameworks that districts can pick from one of three that our state provides. And then we all get deep, deep training on these instructional frameworks. And that's what leaders look for in the classroom. But gosh, dang it, why aren't we also looking for the vision and mission of our district or of our building coming to life in everything that the teacher does? Love that learning. And I've just been reflecting on that ever since. In fact, I shared it today with a group of leaders. And so, yeah, really, I, I love that. I took away many things, a lot about the AI stuff that you shared with us, a lot about making sure your leadership team aligns together with your thinking and your goal setting and your strategic plan. But the vision mission being active and really present in classroom instruction, that was huge for me. Yeah. yeah. I think that that takeaway is so valuable and really changes what you do in your school on a day-to-day -day basis. Because mm -hmm. if you can say, I see that you're meeting my vision, not only does that help people feel like they're contributing, they're part of the team, they're in it with you, but it also helps you be clear about what really matters. And yeah, yeah. It, it's ridiculous that we that we give so much power to these people who created the frameworks in saying what should be happening in our schools when it's like, I know who my people are and I know what we need. Let's focus on what we're doing. And that, that just yeah. makes a big difference. So, yeah, I um, love that. So one of the responsibilities that you have at AWSP is over professional learning. Why don't you tell us about your experience with that and what you see as needs for principals as they do their own professional learning? I mean, one of my core tenets is that nobody cares about your professional learning as much as you personally do. So you need to be in charge of it, pay attention to it and be there for it because Nobody else is going to take care of you in that way. And that's how I started this podcast. As many people know, I did not like the professional development that I was getting. And I said, I'm going to 
find something better. I'm going to go interview principals who are doing great things. Mm -hmm. And now here we are. This is episode 531. So that was was a lot of interviews ago that I started thinking that way. And it's really served me well in my life. Wow. Well, I'm quickly going to rename the number of this 530 wonderful episodes. Here we go. (laughs) Um, So anyway, yes, I get to, I have a great job here at AWSP and I get to work with the professional learning team. I work in the Olympia office, but we have some associate directors that are peppered throughout the state, Spokane area, Walla Walla, and even the greater Seattle area. So we all work together towards making sure we're providing some relevant professional learning for school leaders. So I don't know, this is my year four in this gig. And here's what I've come to realize. Professional learning is self-care. Professional learning is self-care for the school leader because they rarely take time to dive deep into what they need to learn, want to learn, should be learning, all of those things. And so one of the people here at AWSP, her name is Ross Thompson. She introduced me to the phrase, if professional learning is your self-care, self-care is how you get your power back. And I love that saying because we're all running hard, right? Every school leader, every teacher, we're all just running hard. So to stop for a moment and say, wait a minute, I need to know new best practices, or I have a question about this, or I've always been curious about this idea. That's when your brain's telling you, you need some time for yourself to do some new learning. You got to excite your brain and thinking and vision with some new things. So at AWSP, we are just so thankful of the learning that we get to provide to principals and assistant principals across the state. And it really starts with what we say from aspiring to retiring. Like we are going to help you learn when you are in that, gosh, do I want to be a school leader? All the way up until the last year before you decide to hang it up. Because everybody's working on something. Everybody has something new to learn. And in that new learning can go back to their buildings, to their departments, to their whole district, and make sure that now we're continually refining the focus of great instruction, great culture, all these things in service of kids. And so we can't just keep thinking what we're doing is fine until we get in a room full of people that say, hey, here's another way to think about it. Or yes, you are doing fine. Gosh, let me learn from you. So I'm not sure if that really answered your question, but one of the things that I just love about this job is providing new ways of thinking, reminding leaders of the awesomeness of their job and that school leadership matters. It matters a lot. And that helping them maybe put a few new tools in their tool belt or have a couple new takeaways to go back and try in their building. Yeah, let's dive into it a little bit deeper. Yeah. How does someone take control of their own professional learning? And how mm. do they set up their school so that they're not only learning on the nights and weekends? Because <laughs> that's not like giving yourself more work to do on the nights and weekends is not self-care, right? No. So how do you make it possible for you to step out of the building and go to a learning opportunity or informally do something. I've got a great story about that that I'll share after you oh, give some information. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think it, for me and my thinking, it starts with, are there systems set up in your building, in your district that allow you to leave? Are there systems set up where you do, you as the school leader, 
the principal, the assistant principal, you can schedule an in-person professional learning and not feel guilty going to it because your building's going to be okay. We talk a lot about distributive leadership in the AWSP leadership framework. That is the only leadership framework that our state uses here in Washington. Th this is a big deal. We say distributive leadership and we all think, oh, that's my leadership team. And I need to make sure we have voices from every grade level or every department. That's my site leadership team. And that's distributive leadership. Yes. And you're not going to get to deep professional learning if you don't have a system set up that says, hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple of days to do my learning and everything should still be running well. Now, that might be a tag team thing with other colleagues. It might be just letting your central office know, It might, whatever that is. But I am amazed. Well, maybe I'm not too amazed. I am saddened. That's what I am. When people sign up for professional learning, and they call us the day of and say, hey, there's no coverage for my building. I can't go. And I think, oh, darn it, I, not only will we miss you, I wish I could come and help you take a look and just do like a, a systems analysis. What's stopping you? And what is it that we could support you in, in creating and designing and building so you can prioritize your own professional learning? School leaders are the first ones to tell teachers, go, go, I'll cover for you. Go, go, go do some learning. And we owe it to ourselves as the lead learner in a building to make sure that we get that same thing and same treatment. That's so important. Now, what I think most people, their first response would be, well, you could do that in the summer. You could do that on mm, yeah. uh, other times. Why, why not just do that? Why is during the school year, why does it matter? Oh gosh, <laughs> so many ways that it matters. Yes, there's great leading learning that happens over the summer. And yes, that's when some national conferences are. And if you have the opportunity to go to that, go, 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 go. But here's the deal. We have time off in our calendar for some school leaders in Washington. It's the month of July that we need to really, really be off. We, yeah. we need to be off. We need to allow our body to rest, allow our brain to drift, and allow us to connect to the other things that make our life so rich. And it's not just that one month that we need that. We need that throughout the school year. But I think there is such power in attending professional learning during the school year, coming back to a just an exciting building and implementing what you've just learned. Now, not the, not the, oh no, my principal went to professional learning type of response, but when you are in it and you're practicing it, you learn differently and you take in the information differently because you are living it right then. In the summer, if again, great learning can happen, but my goodness, we're also trying to figure out how do we rest and recover. So you ask the why. I just think it's really important to allow yourself, hey, the learning is happening for students right now. The learning for teachers happens during the school year, and it also can happen during the school year for school leaders. I'm glad you said that last piece, because I think that's really important, that getting better at your job and improving yourself is part of your job as a leader. You have vacation days. You should use those vacation days for vacations, as should teachers as well. I'm certainly not saying that teachers should never take time off either, but we know the power of job embedded professional development that happens while you're actually doing the work. And it's valuable. It is, it is really worthwhile to spend that time doing that. And like you said, as that 
is happening during the year, I've come back from conferences and said, I need to take things off my teacher's plates. Yes. I learned that my district required us to collect lesson plans. And I came back from a conference and I said, guys, you do not have to worry about turning in lesson plans. This is ridiculous. If I can't trust you to plan effectively from the beginning, this is just not any good at all. So please do not submit any more lesson plans unless you feel like you need to, or unless you're on a plan of improvement that says you have to. <laughs> Exactly. And they probably wanted to give you just the biggest dang hug ever, right? Because I think, again, professional learning during the course of the school year can kind of shake you out of the routine and really kind of say, wait, let me bring some common sense back to my job and the job of the people that I get to lead. And just because we can doesn't mean we should require a bunch of stuff. And so it's that time to allow yourself to be reflective, which teachers and principals hardly ever allow themselves time to do that. So just the fact that you might be out of the building, possibly even out of the state, allows you some time to really reflect on what's currently happening and and what would you like to have happen? Mm -hmm. And it's different to reflect on that during the summer months when... Mm -hmm. Nobody's in the building and nobody's there. And it's different to do that during the school year when there's hundreds of fires to put out. And <laughs> my my little catchphrase is stop putting out fires and start leading. And that's what we that's what we need to do is be leaders. And oftentimes we need to lead by example and say, I need to go learn how to be a better principal myself. And yeah. and yeah. that matters. So yeah. what are some of the distributive leadership things that need to be put in place so that principals can do that? What are some tips and strategies that you've seen that work that people Mm -hmm. could implement, especially if you've already got this, it's probably pretty easy, but if you don't have it yet, it's a little harder to get that door open so that this can happen. What Mm -hmm. do you suggest? Yeah, great question. I, there's multiple layers to this, but I think ultimately Schools are big machines to keep running, and there's a lot of students walking the halls. There's a lot of staff. There's a lot of community. They're big machines, and it is no small job that they run so efficiently every day. It's amazing, really, if you think about that. And the school leader should not have to think that every single moving part is contingent on them turning the wheel. And sometimes we, as leaders, get into this, I need to do all this for my staff so they can focus on kids and they can do all of these things. And I need to do A, B, C, D all the way through Z. That's when I think we are missing a golden opportunity to allow other people to step up and try on some leadership things. Teachers are incredible and they want the best building. They want to work in the best building for the best leader and have the best teammates. And some of them, many, many of them have amazing ideas of how it could be. So when we miss the opportunity to say, hey, I'm wondering if someone would be able to do blah, blah, blah. I'll use an elementary example. for (laughs) Could someone else do the morning announcements? Oh my gosh, I would love to, right? Could someone else do this, this, or this? It doesn't always have to be the school leader. I fell into that trap my first couple of years. I thought I was there to take everything off the teacher's plate so they could just focus on students. Yes, and some of our teachers are really looking for that opportunity to lead in an area that's a passion area for them. 
whether that's sitting on a site leadership team or helping with the master schedule or whatever that might be. So when we don't offer up areas and jobs or responsibilities that help this big machine work, we're going to work ourselves into a frenzy because we can't, we got to make sure all the gears are running when really we can start to step away a little bit as leaders and have people that really are interested in trying something on for size or helping the system and let them take care of that. Which would mean if I have to be gone for a couple of days, I don't have to scramble the days before I leave saying, who will do the morning announcements? We've already got to figure it out. We've already got that figured out, whether it be your office manager or a food service person or a bus driver or any of the amazing classified or certificated staff. There's people there that want to help and that want to make sure the system runs well when you are there and when you're not. So I I think that that's the big, big piece for me. Like we need to not think that we have to do it all because we could be robbing someone of a really great piece of their job that would become high on the job satisfaction list. Oh, I get to do that. That's really fun for me. Yeah. So that brings up a couple of things. The first one is if everybody else is doing it, then am I really needed as the principal? Some people (laughs) need to be needed, right? How do you address that piece that some people Mm -hmm. will feel like if I give responsibilities away, then I'm not necessary? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back to your awesome learning that you help people with about delegating, right? It goes back to that. And that's a great thing I took away also from the workshop. But I think if we miss the messaging that by other people supporting in different ways allows me to be in classrooms more or allows me to help create more vision and excitement for a strategic plan for our building or how to, whatever that might be, then that's the right thing to be doing because not one person can do it all. And wouldn't every single classroom teacher love a really meaningful observation and summary conference with their school leader? Let's talk about your teaching. Isn't that why we all got into this, right? Because we just want to get better. We want to do what we think is right for kids. And teachers look to colleagues and to their supervisor. Hey, how'd that go? Well, if I only have about five minutes to talk about that lesson with you because I need to go and make sure that, I don't know, I can open milk cartons in the lunchroom, that's great because opening milk cartons is needed, right? But wouldn't we rather have a a deeper conversation? And there's just simply too much for school leaders right now to have those in-depth conversations. And when I say there's too much, there's too much on the plate of the school leader if they don't have some distributive leadership things set up. Not do my job for me. That's not what I'm suggesting. But can we make sure the system as a whole can continue to move and we have a shared responsibility to make sure that the machine keeps running regardless of who's at the steering wheel? So one year as a principal, I was working on developing a K-12 magnet school that our district was going to create in a couple of years. It ended up because of COVID and other things that that never came to pass. But during that year, I was able to work every Thursday morning from wherever I wanted on developing this new magnet school. It was an incredible thing. And I, when I talked to the superintendent and assistant superintendent about it, I said, look, I'm going to need time to do this. And I'm just going to take Thursday mornings. That's going to be the time that I work on this. And the rest of the time, I'm going to be at the school doing doing the job. But I'm not going to be disturbed on Thursday mornings. Nothing mm-hmm. is ever going to come to me. And 
my assistant principal will be able to handle everything that happens during that time. And that worked out and it was incredible. There was so much positive learning that happened in my life as a leader and as an employee during that time. We developed some really amazing systems and processes for bringing on this new school and breaks my heart that didn't ever work. But here's the crazy thing. One of those days, my own daughter was at the school that year. My own daughter left without supervision and the school didn't even call me and tell me that she was missing because they knew that I was not to be disturbed. And so they called my wife (laughs) and told her, but anyway, she had left school and gone without permission somewhere else. And the fact that they understood that I was doing something else and didn't need to, that I trusted them to handle it, which was a huge part of it, that they didn't need to call me because they felt like they had the trust from me. Also, by that point, I had been in a routine. So they knew Thursday morning, Jethro's just not available. That's all Mm -hmm. there is to Mm -hmm. Mm do. So the trust piece is what I think is really important because sometimes principals say, you can be in charge of this, but then they don't really let the person be in charge and they micromanage and try to make it how they want it. And what I appreciate about my staff is that they knew that I trusted them enough to manage whatever happened. And so when I got to school and they were like, hey, your daughter ran away this morning. I was like, well, my wife already talked to me, so I know, but thank you. And thank you for not feeling like you needed to, like you guys handled it. And I trusted that you could and everything's fine. We don't need to worry about it. And I was like, just tell me what happened because she'll never tell me. And she didn't. About that trust piece, how do you get your staff to feel like you actually trust them so that they can make those decisions and do those things? And then where do you draw the line? Wow, there's the million dollar question. Trust takes so long to develop. It can. It can take so long to develop and it can take a split second to break. I have heard someone say trust is like walking on a glass tabletop so that you got trust, but boy, the minute there's a little crack in it, it's no longer the same. So how do you start that? I think it's just being real honest and it's being very, very clear. You're not going to delegate away your responsibilities, but are there collective things that we could all be working towards that multiple people could support the effort in that? So the trust piece for me, Jethro, comes around in the fact that I don't want anyone thinking I'm trying to put things off that on my plate that should be on my plate. Not at all. I trust in these areas that more thinking around this is better than just mine. So let's come up with a system or a plan or a procedure or even a policy, if you will, that will help us move forward that doesn't necessarily need to have a principal's credentials to do. And so then I think it's letting it happen. Like you said, the minute you want to start micromanaging stuff, no one's going to ask to support that anymore. And I think when there are clear expectations, hey, this is the lane we're in and we don't want to go into these lanes because that might not be in a teacher's purview or whatever, right? But here's where it is. And as long as we can continue to provide leadership opportunities or distributive leadership opportunities, and then just ask the person or the group of people that acted those out, how'd that go? And if, and we start developing that trust, gosh, I would thank you for letting me go to this, whatever workshop that worked really well. How'd it go today? Well, I think we did all right. Great. Great. Let's do another one. Or what can I do for you? Cause it has to go both ways. It has to go both ways. And setting that up is really 
really about relationships. Yeah, I mean, I, if there's there's not relationships there, it's not going to work. Yeah, I think that that question of how it go is a is an incredibly simple but powerful question because mm-hmm. you're asking if you just ask how to go and you let them tell you everything that you need to know about it. And then you say, thank you. And you move on. Like that's incredibly powerful. That is so wonderful for someone to hear and to give a report back and to be able to say, this is what happened. And then for you to say, thank you and move on and not, if they ask for feedback, sure, give it, but you probably don't need to give any feedback because they've probably are already overanalyzed and saw everything about that they need to. And so going back to something simple, like the morning announcements, you know, if, if you, if you are like, boy, the morning announcements didn't sound very good this morning and what happened, that's a lot different than you were in charge of the morning announcements. How'd it go while I was gone? Thanks for taking that on. And they can say it went great and wonderful, or I struggled with this thing. How do you do this? I don't know why it didn't work today. Those kinds of conversations are very empowering for people to have. Yeah. I, I agree. And I I just think it doesn't have to be like I would do it. It doesn't have to be. We don't want that. We don't want everybody doing exactly what the leader would do. As long as we're focused on the outcome and the goal and how did we get closer to that, that's great. That's great because nine out of 10 times, everybody had better ideas than I did. And so why not just capitalize on that? Yeah, I think that takes a level of humility as well. You have to recognize I don't have all the answers. And even if I did have all the answers, I don't know that they are all the right answers. And (laughs) it's okay to admit that. It doesn't mean that you're any less than, but our system kind of makes you feel like that's what you have to believe and that's what you have to do. And that's just not the case. And there's so much power in not doing that. So one of the other aspects of this that the question brings up is that we talked about, well, if I'm not there, then am I really needed? And Mm -hmm. how do you delegate a little bit? We talked about that. But then the other part of this is how do you explain things and what you're asking people to do in a way that is clear enough and direct enough and honest enough about what you need done so that they understand it and know what their role is in this bigger picture of what you're trying to do. Let's say we're wanting some staff members to step up and help lead the creation of a draft master schedule, right? Which would be awesome, by the way. A district I came from, the master schedule was the principal's responsibility, ultimately, right? I mean, they were the one that final say on the master schedule. And so if that was the case, and I'm asking some teachers to step and maybe spend a half day together, three, four teachers working on this, they need to know, well, what, what can I do? What's within my purview or my responsibility here? And what can I not do? I need you to come up with a draft that has this many minutes for this, blah, blah, blah. And then when you're done with that, it needs to go through these other vetting processes, right? So they're not thinking, they're not going into the task thinking, we just get to do the master schedule. And when we're done, it's the master schedule. Because that's a different thinking. But if we're creating a draft for something that goes to the next level for more feedback, more eyeballs on it, then that's how I am really clear about, I need your leadership in this area. And when it's time to go to the next set of eyeballs on this, we'll need you to help explain that. But ultimately, I know that I have to sign off on that. 
So thank you for all your work on that. I can't wait to see what we come up with. That's one way maybe. Does that kind of get at what you were asking? I think it's a really good example too, because you can't have somebody else do the whole master schedule for you. You need to know what it is and you need to approve it. You need to be able to understand the things that other people who are working on it won't understand. And so being able to be clear enough about the task and their scope and what they can and can't make changes on, you know, for example, everybody has to have at least 45 minutes of English per day. Like mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. that's not up for debate. So you don't get to say we're changing the master schedule so that we have English Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Right. That's not like that's out of the scope. I'm not even allowed to do that as a principal. So those things aren't aren't okay. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't do something creatively and say, you know what, we actually think that if we did these couple things, we could have 60 minutes of English per day without taking away from any other classes. And that is exactly what happened in one of my schools where we found a way to get more time without taking time away. And Mm -hmm. it was Mm-hmm. It was amazing because it only came from a group of people who were not me giving input and coming up with an idea. Yeah, and- so that's it. That's it right there, right? I mean, it's those people that have these other ideas and they're just waiting to be asked or given the opportunity to say, hey, can we try this out? Yes, but remember, it has to be at least this much. Can't be, you know, okay, let me run with that. That's when it gets exciting. Yeah. It, and it really does, because here's the really powerful thing. When everybody, somebody else is in charge of it, they start doing the advocating and the talking to others about it to get it approved and all, and for everybody to be on board with it. And so there's a lot less complaining about changes that come and people want to be part of that change. And they're like, oh, uh, Sally in the English department came up with this. Well, she's pretty awesome. And I think I can trust what she's saying because she's a teacher like me and maybe I can do this and maybe this isn't so hard. And I found with initiatives where we, where the teachers were leading, we had way more success than initiatives where I said, this is what we need to do. In Kodiak, where I was principal, I was there for three years and we had 34 initiatives that we did during those three years, which overload, right? Yes. Here's the difference. I came up with maybe one or two of those, if that. Everything else were things that teachers wanted and needed to happen. For example, flexible seating in the classroom. A teacher wanted every classroom to have a stationary bike desk so the kids could sit there and spin their the pedals while they were working. That came from her. I did not have to convince anybody. She said, this is what we need. We need this flexible seating. Here's a standing desk. Here's a a bike desk. And here's how we can get it for very cheap. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. cost that much. And here's a little bouncy ball, medicine ball kind of thing that people can sit on. So that was one of our initiatives, flexible seating, driven by a teacher, researched by a teacher, implemented by that teacher saying, here's how much it'll cost. Here's how we'll do it. Who doesn't want flexible seating in their classroom? Raise your hand. Like one or two people said, no, I just want everybody in a straight rows. The whole rest of the staff looked at them like they were crazy. They're like, hold on a minute. Don't you know that this is going to help Johnny in period four that we know you have that you send out of your classroom into my classroom or somewhere else every single day? This is going to help him be in your class more and not cause you any trouble. Oh, 
okay, I guess I'll raise my hand. I want one too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that kind of a thing, that's just a a little tiny thing, but it became so much bigger because that teacher was leading it instead of me saying, okay, everybody has to have these new desks. And then they complain about how much they cost and why we're doing this and blah, blah, blah. What a waste. We could have bought another person for that. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. None of that happened and everybody was on board because Diane said we should. People want to know that they'll have the opportunity to share their idea, share their voice in pretty much anything. And I think part of distributed leadership, part of this leadership in general is making sure that there are those opportunities that people get to share and that their voice is invited in. That changes the game, right? Like you just mentioned, teachers came up with a way to get even more ELA minutes than what you might've thought of. Or, I mean, that just happens all the time because you and I both know they've developed a master's schedule in the staff lounge over lunch. And we're just waiting to see if if anyone in leadership is going to ask them about that because they've all thought it through. And so when we do, they're going to champion the teacher that gets put on that little committee because that person's been listening. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, there's this great, great stuff that comes out of that because teachers are incredible. Absolutely. So breaking it down, last question. Okay. What is one thing that a principal can do this week based on what we've talked about to be a trans mm. principal like you? What's the one action step they should take? Oh, Jethro, I didn't know if I was ready for that one final question. Okay, here we go. One thing to do, I guess it always goes back to this for me. Get to know your people. Get to know your people. And that's just, that's more than just one thing to do this week, but we, it is a hundred percent relational, a hundred percent relational. You might not even know that a person out there would love an opportunity to serve in a certain capacity in your, in your building until you get to know them. That can look like popping into their room. Maybe you haven't done it in a couple of weeks with no agenda. Just, I always say this, if at the end of a school year, any of your staff members think you're a stranger, that's on you as the leader. That's on you. Yeah, that's powerful. So for people who are listening here in Washington and Mm -hmm. you want to serve, how do they get in touch with what you offer and what you're doing? Oh, great. So if you want to see what's happening on the AWSP professional learning scene, awsp.org will take you right to our website. Everything we offer is on there. Before we started, before we hit record on this, Jeff and I were talking about, I just finished a tired district crew of school leaders doing some customized professional learning. We do that as well, whether it's for, for whatever initiatives or leadership is complex, how do we break that down for an entire district full of school leaders? And then if you have questions about anything, it's just, I don't know, email me, Jack at awsp.org. Hey, Jack, I want some professional learning on blah, blah, blah. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And probably shortest, one of the shortest email addresses ever. (laughs) In the history of my educational career. I mean, it fits on one line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not at uh, (laughs) tumwater.k12. Right, so long. Whatever that is. All right. Well, Jack, it's been awesome chatting with you. Thank you so much for your time and for all the good work you do for folks here in Washington and beyond. Jethro, thanks for having me. We just appreciate you too. What a, this was fun. Thanks.
Edited by Gage Sanderson. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE.